Hey there, on this April 18, 2021, it's EDB here that Eric Deshaun Barrett for long, and I believe you're connected to this because you're ready for our Sunday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. Well, good morning and praise God. This is the day that the Lord has made and we are rejoicing and we are glad in it. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we praise you. We glorify you. We magnify your name. We honor you, Lord God, with the fruits of our lips. Father, there's no push, there's no strain to praise you this morning. We voluntarily praise you, Lord, because you've been so good, you've been so kind. You've been better to us than we've been to ourselves, and we praise you, Lord God. If we had 10,000 tongues, we wouldn't be able to praise you enough. Oh, God, you're just so good. You're wonderful. You're wonderful. And God, as we look back all over around our lives, we can't help but praise you and give your name the glory because you are God. And besides thee, there is none other. Lord God, we praise you. We glorify you. Hallelujah. We just adore you this morning. We adore you, Lord God. We take this time, Lord God, to honor you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for waking us up this morning and clothing us in our right mind and giving us the activities of our limbs. It's because of you, Lord, we move, we live, and we have our being. We thank you, Lord God, for the ability to see. We thank you for the ability to hear, to smell, to taste, and to touch. We thank you, Lord God, for every bone. We thank you for every muscle. We thank you for every joint. We thank you for every organ. We thank you for every system of our bodies. We thank you for every nerve. We thank you for every vein. We thank you for all of that operating and the perfection that you created it to function. We thank you because we walk in divine health, Lord God. You supplied our healing oh, over 2,000 years ago. When you woke up and you got up from the grave, you said, all victory is in your hand. And then you turned around and gave us the keys to the kingdom. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the ability, Lord God, to be able to lose into mind. Lord God, thank you for putting the word in our mouth that whatever we say, Lord God, in your name, you shall do it. Then you said where there are two or three gathered in your name, you shall be in the midst. And I thank you, Lord God, because of technology, because of the vision of this set man of this house. God, you allowed us to be hundreds and tens and and, and and 20 and 40 miles away from each other and still be in the between each and every one of us. God, we thank you. Oh, we praise you, Lord. What a mighty God you are. And God, we thank you for that. And God, as we come this morning, we come with our voices lifted up. And, and, Father, we got some things we want to talk to you about this morning, Lord. We come, we got some concerns on our heart. Oh, yes. Some of us got some concern about our family and our children. Some of us got concern about our health and, 
And yes, some Lord, people Jesus. got concerned about which way they got to go. They need directions. And some people are just concerned about their living, how they're going to pay their bills, uh, and all of the things that they to do. But I know, Lord God, that there is nothing too hard for you. God, you got the whole world in the palm of your hand. And we thank you, Lord God. If you watch it over the little sparrow, oh, the sparrow flies where he needs to fly and eat and and don't have to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow because he has this assurance that you have his back. And the same way you got the sparrows back, you got our back. And we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, because you you are a way maker. Yes, you are. You're a way maker. Maker, you're a way maker when we don't see no way. God, you make a way. Yes, we got a prayer. We got a track record. We can look back over our lives. And there were, there were many situations we said, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Ain't no way in the world I can get out of this. But God, look, 20, 30 years later, a week later, Lord, look at us. You did it. You did it. You did it. And we thank you, Lord. And we have this confidence within ourselves. We have this reassurance. If you did it before, hallelujah, you are doing it again. Yeah. Yes, sir. I said that you did it before, you are doing it again. Hallelujah. Oh, what is a call? What is what is a, 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 a little poster in our hands, Lord God? What is it? What is it, Lord God? Lord God, you know about it. You know how to heal it. You made the heart. You made the veins and the arteries that lead to and from it. God, you keep them clean. You You keep them wide open, Lord God. Hallelujah. God, you know about the joy. God, authorizers got to go stiffness and all of that, God. We place it in your hand. And we lay it at your feet, Lord God. Yes, we do. Oh, Lord God, you said that we can cast all of our cares on you. And you said we can cast them on you you, because you care for us. Yes, you do. You care for us, Lord God. We thank you because we are never alone. Oh, no. We may live in house all by ourselves. We might oh. slept all night in our bed by ourselves, but guess what? We weren't alone, alone. Ah, oh. You was there. You was there comforting yes. us, God. You were there protecting Hallelujah. us and keeping back the deaf angel. Yes, you were. You were there. You were there, Lord. <laughs> oh, I may not feel all that good, but God, you gave me the reasonable portion of health and strength that I got. Hallelujah. You didn't forget about me. You didn't forget about me. No, no, no. You didn't forget about me. You knew all about us, Lord God. Cross the street, down the corner, folk were getting killed and shot. Some all in the house and some all in the neighborhood. But God, you protected us and you kept us. And we thank you, Lord God. And if you did it all in these many years, God, you can do it again. You can do it all the time, Lord. God, because you are all the time, Thank God. You, you never you. go on vacation. You never, <laughs> you never go off to silence. We might not understand what you're saying, but you're always speaking. <laughs> I said we might not understand what you're saying, but you're always talking to us. 
God, whether you're going through the storm or you're through the rain, God, you're with us, and we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And, Father, we just thank you. We pray, Lord God, for our streets. We pray for this Tidewater, half the roads area, Lord God, every city. Lord God, we just lift it up before you, Lord God. Over this past week, God, there was a lot of a lot of killing going on, Lord God, and we just pray, God, Lord God, that the violence will stop, Lord God, Lord God, that the, the people will stop, Lord God, and realize and hear the, hear you knocking at their heart and allow you to come in so they can stop violent stuff going on around us. Lord God, we pray, God, in Jesus' name, Lord God, for the day to return, Lord God, where we can go and sit on our porch and don't have to worry about the stranger that's passing by, Lord God, or the car passing and back, God. We just pray, God, oh, for those who feel that they have to kill, they feel that they have to steal, Lord God. We just, we pray for them. That's somebody's daughter. That's somebody's son. And that's somebody's grandchild. That's somebody's mother. That's somebody's father. God, we just lift them up before you, God. And we say, Lord, have your way in their life, Lord God. We pray that that their appetite would change, Lord God, that they they would come to love you, that they would come to serve you, oh God, that they would come into a life, Lord God, of salvation, Lord God, that they will establish themselves in the earth, Lord God, and, and do what you created them to do, to love you, to praise you, and to glorify you. Yes, yes. God, we thank you for that, Lord God. Father, we pray, Lord God, for our government, Lord. We pray, God, for those children that are being tossed across the border, that their parents are leaving them, Lord God, and literally dropping them across the, the border. Some of them are leaving them, Lord, all alone, Father. We just pray for them. We pray, Lord God, that, that, that the government will know what to do and how to deal with this situation in Jesus' name. And Father, Lord God, somebody said, Lord, you're praying for them, Lord God. And and then, but we got trouble in our neighborhood. God, fix it in Jesus' name. Yes, yes, yes. Fix it, fix it, fix it, Jesus. Fix it, Jesus. Fix it, Jesus. People are hating one another because of the color of their sin or their gender or their choices of life, God. But we asking you to fix it in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you would touch hearts, Lord God, for your glory in Jesus' name. Lord, touch the hearts of the legislators and those who are in public office, that they may recognize you, Lord God, that they will see you, Lord God, that they will see people through the eyes of Jesus and not through their own eyes and all from their own, Lord, uh, uh, frailties and, 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 and their faults, Lord God. But God, we pray, Lord God, they look through the eyes of you and understand that all souls, all souls, whether they black, whether they're white, whether they're Asian, Lord God, whether they're African or Haitian, Lord God, whether they, whoever they are, God, all souls are precious in your sight, Lord God. And we just pray for them, Lord God, that they will understand, Lord God, the love and, the, and they will understand the length that you went through. Oh, because you said, Lord, in your word, for you so loved the world that you gave your holy begotten 
one son. So whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And we pray, Lord God, life in our streets, they're dead. They're walking, but they're dead. They're talking, but they're dead. They're shooting and killing, but they're dead, Lord God. They're drinking, and, they, and Lord God, they're in, they introducing themselves to all kinds of drugs and sexual behaviors. But Father, we pray life on them this morning. We pray life, Lord God, that they would choose to live and not die. Oh, God, I pray, Lord God, that their eyes will become open, Lord God, that they will see you for who you are. Oh, you are the God of God, God, that they will see your scarred hand. Lord God, they will understand why you had to get pierced in your side and why you had to be hung and made an open shame, Lord God, for them, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that they will understand, Lord God, Lord God. Oh, God, why you went through such a horrific death, Lord God, that they may understand who you are. Lord God, we pray in Jesus' name that God, they will open their eyes and see. Bless this service today, Lord God. Lord God, move in each and every home, wherever we may be, Lord God, as we come together as people, as we come together as a sanctuary. God, we pray, Lord God, that you would move by your power. You would do it even now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary pure and holy yes lord right and true and with thanksgiving i'll be a living sanctuary Lord, for you. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. At this time, you may have some things on your heart, and maybe Pastor Booth didn't mention your thing this morning, but God has laid it on your heart. And listen, he understands. He understands your request. He wants your request. Matter of fact, the Bible said, make your request known unto him. And at this time, we'll go in meditation moment and lift that thing up before the Lord. Thank you, And with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary, Lord, for me, Lord, for you, Lord, for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Thank you, Jesus. God, you're good. Wonderful God. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, first virtual. Praise God. Are you in the land of the living and living in the land this morning? Praise God. Good morning. Good morning. What a wonderful day to be counted amongst the land of the living. God is so good and he's just worthy. Oh, isn't God worthy? My worthy. God, he's so worthy. He's worthy, worthy to be praised. Amen. As I look out the wonder and see the bright sunshine, God has been good to us. Thank you, Jesus. And he just loves us so much, and he cares for us so much that he just got us up, praise the Lord, and and just establish our ways. And we thank God for that this morning. And we praise. I'm pretty sure you 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 should feel welcome by this time. The spirit and the power of the Lord is among us. And we're just ready to receive of the Lord this morning. And on the behalf of our pastor, our beloved, our beloved, Eric, he, as, he, as, as he is known as E. D B praise the Lord and right now uh, uh, we we gonna go ahead and sing you praise the Lord um, uh, we, we, we'll look at you. <laughs> I'm hoping for a year from a year from now we'll be able to say and junior praise the Lord hallelujah but God is good this morning I'm pretty sure I hope you got your coffee already and sat there and all ready to hear a good uh, service this morning my soul is happy and I pray that you are amen so I I think I'll go ahead and finish it and, 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 and turn it over to whoever is next before I make a mess of something God bless you good morning Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. For Good morning, Brother Dennis. Good morning. The, the time you spent with us this morning, everybody appreciates it, I know. And uh, uh, last week we had a coffee spill, but we took care of it. Not a problem. <laughs> uh, we'll, be, we'll be more careful today, won't we, fellas, people? Yes. Uh, yes. Anyway, all right. Well, y'all, uh, you, you be safe today, Pastor Bruce. We pray for you, and we think about you quite often. I just thought I'd pass that on Thank to you. you. No Thank you, sir. You're too kind. Thank you. Okay. Hi. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing today? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It, it's the middle of the month already. Wow. April. So many things have happened since the beginning of the year. Uh, I know that um, as I was, uh, we're going to we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to talk to family here. Okay. Because uh, we are family, I, I, you know. Everybody that's a, a member of God's uh, God's family is family, brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, I grew up with three brothers, two brothers. Excuse me. It seems like there was three. There's always, you know, how it is. We we have two brothers. It always seems like there's another one hiding around somewhere. But uh, anyway, and his sister, the sister was uh, many years younger than I. She was very fortunate. She didn't have. Uh, uh, 
brothers to teach her as she grew up. Uh, my younger brother took care of that. My older brother and myself, we were uh, out of the house before she uh, got to the age where she needed. But we were there. We were there for protection. We were there to guide her and, and to watch over her. Um, but uh, there were times uh, when my brother and I, we would, uh, older brother, a younger brother, but mostly the older brother because he was uh, a couple years older, we'd, we'd get together and we'd be brothers. You know, we'd have fun. Then all of a sudden we'd uh, have a little scuffle. And then before it, we'd have another scuffle. And, and uh, you know, we seemed that we'd beat each other's uh, space and, and that was a bad thing uh, and uh, you know the way to resolve that was to get uh, very huffy and puffy and you know who who was the best brother or that kind of thing but uh, you know we always resolved it uh, later on down the line or or mom or dad would step in and, and resolve it for us but you know uh, I say all that uh, as and, and even with mom and dad you know there were times when when uh, I would do something, uh, you know, I, I know this is a hard to believe that it would upset them. Uh, you know, they wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be on their best terms with them. Mom would, uh, you know, her her uh, spiritual way. Why would you do something like that? You you were taught better. Uh, have anyone ever heard that from a parent or a friend or or somebody? You know, why would you do something like that? You were taught better. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I guess we were taught better. Yeah, I, I didn't pay attention. I must have been, missed that class uh, the other day when you were teaching us how to, how to, how to be nice to people, you know. And, uh, but that was, that was part of the role. And as a, as a parent, I, I teach, I've taught my children, uh, you know, it's important to, to be who you need to be and, and how to uh, act and react to people. Sometimes we react in the wrong way. Uh, sometimes I, I feel that uh, you know I have made somebody upset with me, and, and I can understand why they would be that way. And, and you know, and, and this all goes in, into uh, in, into our verse today. You know, I have again. I know you find it's hard to believe, but there are times when I feel that uh, I have made someone angry at, at me, uh, and. Uh, but uh, I quickly learned that my concept of their anger is, is not what it appears to be. I feel that they're angry with me, but in, in, the, in the, the, the final say-so, they're really not angry with me, okay? And, and that person would be God, you know? Uh, and, and it's hard. It's hard to envision him not being angry at us, right? No, I don't think so. I think we understand that God is never angry with us. He may be uh, perturbed. <laughs> Why are you doing that? You know, you, you were taught better. Yeah. yeah, we were taught better, Lord, but, you know, we, we don't listen to you all the time. Sometimes we listen to the wrong people. But anyway, today we're looking at Isaiah. Isaiah. Chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. In the Old Testament, Isaiah was a man of, uh, of God and, and spoke God's promises. He gave a lot of promises to us of, of the coming of, uh, of our salvation. And then uh, the beginning of this chapter, he talks about um, how God is. And, 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 uh, 
this uh, kind of hits me. I, I think about it often when I was uh, reading this uh, earlier this week. I thought, wow, yeah, this is strong. So listen to the words, okay? Uh, Isaiah chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I will praise you, O Lord, although you are angry with me. Your anger has turned away, and you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my salvation and my strength. He has, he has become my salvation. Okay? Have, have you ever felt that the Lord was angry at you? Angry at, maybe you were angry at yourself for falling in the snares and traps of, of that, the wicked one. Or as the traps of the world. You know, it's easy. It's very easy to do that. If you pick up a, a newspaper, uh, one of those things, or even sometimes you look at the, the television and you see something and you go, man, that is crazy. Why would, and, you know, we, we sometimes we judge and think things and we need to step back and go, oh, I need to pray. I need to pray for those people. I need to pray for for their salvation. I need to pray that somebody would step into their lives and, and show them the true meaning of life and, and what life is all about. It's not all about who has and who will or who, you know, or who's the best this, you know. Uh, and, uh, Pastor uh, you know, Eric talked about, you know, Peter and, and how Peter was gruff and how he wanted to be like Jesus and how he tried to emulate Jesus, but then he didn't. He didn't because he took his eyes off who Jesus was, or he didn't fully understand who Jesus was. And, and then sometimes that's us. Sometimes we don't fully understand who God is and what God can do for us. And we have to understand God is there all the time. He is there. He's our strength. He's our salvation. And you know what? He loves us. You know, I know that might be a surprise to somebody, people, but he does love us, and he does take care of us, and he does provide for us. No matter how bad we are, he still loves us. No matter what we've done, he still loves us. You know, he's like a parent to us. That's what he is. He's our father. He's, he's the true God. He's the one that will protect us and provide for us. And so when we, we, we feel that he's angry with us, maybe it's, it's our own anger that tries to separate us from God. And we have to look back and thank God. Thank God that he is not angry. Thank God that he called our name. Thank God that he offers us eternal life and salvation in his Son, in his Savior, Jesus Christ. And we must remember that. And when we see things that maybe we could step in and say the right words or comfort people, you know, I, I have a, uh, you know, a, my mission in my own life is to make people understand who we are and, and what I am as far as a Christian is concerned. You know, how I live my life and what I should do with my life. You know, we should leave a legacy, a legacy of love, just like God has taught us. But we should love people, no matter who they are, what they look like, or what, where they are in their, their uh, I don't know, life status. You know, hey... Uh, Oh, he's not this, he's not that. I don't need to... Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You need to love him like God loves us. You know, don't forget, God loves you, no matter where you were at, right? Whether you were sitting in the mud puddle playing and getting all dirty, or whether you were dressed up for Easter, God still loves us. God still loves us. 
So we have to remember that God loves us no matter who we are or what we are. And we have to show that love. And we have to show that God has that love and that comfort and, and that he gives us that salvation. He gives us that salvation. So we must go and carry that out. Tell people, spread the good news, the good news of God, the good news of Jesus, the good news that no matter what's going on in the world, somebody loves you. You know, you are loved. And sometimes people throw that word around very easily, but we have to understand that God's love, God's love, God's love is stronger, stronger than any love that I can provide to anybody because I know he loved me. He loved me no matter what I did, what I said, or what I looked like, or how I dressed, you know, he still loved me. He still loved me. When I was in the depths, the deepest dark pit, he still loved me. That's powerful. And we have to remember that he has that power to, that love us, to love us, and to pull us out of the deep dark pits, and to offer us his eternal salvation. Amen and amen. 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 It's so wonderful. It's so wonderful for us to be able to spend this time together, you and me. And I know we we have been struggling. Well, at least I have. And please allow me this moment of uh, confession. Because this is a new venture. And I know you say, what do you mean? How can it be a new venture? You've been doing this for almost a year. Well, it's still pretty new. Trying to figure out what a virtual church looks like what a virtual space looks like it's new because this goes against everything that a person like me who's had some 30 years inside of a big building with four walls and a steeple can fathom (laughs) you went down to the church you didn't come or sit around your kitchen table or your dining room table or your living room, wherever you have uh, selected to uh, confine yourself or restrict yourself or even not restrict yourself. For those of you who are at the gym or out walking along the trail, whatever your case may be, this is your moment. I think about in some 19 days, thank you for allowing me that moment of pause because I really had to let it marinate there. First lady that is so pointly named around here. She's uh, the young lady who will soon be my wife. She looks at church basically sitting out in the wilderness, out near the tree, looking up at the sky. Maybe that's you. And that would make this a great opportunity because you're sitting there with your earphones in your ears, your earbuds, your iPods your beats, and you're just sitting near a tree, resting against it, just looking up at the sky. If that's you, then I appreciate you. And I feel that we have actually done something great here because now we give this whole experiment new meaning. So thank you. And I promise to make sure that I incorporate This ideology, this time between you and I, not just presenting you with a call that has a whole different perspective because that seeks to meet people who cannot get to the physical location, but their mindset is still in being there. 
But this right here, what we're doing right now, you and me, no, 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 no. This is different. This is you and me coming together in a whole new perspective. And so I thank you for joining me. And on behalf of the platform of which you have chosen to listen, I thank you. And I ask that you, well, you do whatever the platform requires of you, if you can. I know doing what you're told is not really a good thing or not really a, a you don't like to do what you're told. Let's just go ahead and say that. But if you can this one time, the platform has some options or a option. It may uh, may ask you to like, it may ask you to subscribe, it may ask you to follow, it may ask you to add. What that does is ensure you get these conversations each and every time they are released to the internet. And then afterwards, if you find somebody or know somebody, I'm sure you do who sees the world the way you do, but do not have anywhere to properly engage in their, their sight in their view of spirituality, faith, what have you. Can you go ahead and ship them this information? Would you please? You can do it by text, by email, slide into their Facebook or Instagram DM, send it all over the Snapchat where else we at? The TikTok. That's a good place to go. Uh-huh. I do some things on TikTok, you know? Mm-hmm. Wherever you, wherever you feel that it's going to best get it out, tie it to a bird's beak and fly it to somebody's house. I don't care how you get it there. Would you just please consider that for me, please? I thank you. I really do. I thank you. I thank you because you care for your communities. I thank you because you share with your friends and families. And most importantly, I thank you because you pray for our men and women who wear our uniforms, not just in this nation, but in nations all over the world. Civilized struggles, the struggle for civilization, the struggle for freedom is a global fight and you pray, you have family, you have friends that are all participating in that effort. So I thank you. Now, last thing I want to talk about today before we move on is if you haven't, please, I don't care if you're in Las Vegas, Nevada, or in Jakarta, South Africa. Is Jakarta in South Africa? Might be two different places I'm thinking there. I don't remember where Jakarta is. But Cape Town. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Cape Town, South Africa, right there. Wherever you are, would you please go and get the vaccine? Would you please? And would you please encourage somebody to go do it? Find your local establishments. Get you an appointment. Get yourself shot up. Get that Pfizer. Get that Moderna. Even go ahead and get that Johnson & Johnson. They said it's safe. Just make sure we are all doing what we can so that we can get back to the life that we choose to live. Would you do that, please, for me? That'd be awesome. Well, let's go ahead and continue with our time today. Mama Bell is getting ready to play.
sit here and just do a big Bible story reading uh, but my my thought process begins somewhat in verse 7 so we got 10 verses and I'm not really interested in reading the whole 10 Maybe I will just because I need it to make sense. Ruth chapter 1 verse 7 says, She left the place where she had been living, accompanied by her two daughters-in-law, traveled along the road leading back to the land of Judah. Naomi said to them, Each of you go back to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness to you, as he has shown to the dead and to me. May the Lord grant each of you rest in the house of a new husband. She kissed them, and they wept loudly. They said to her, We insist on returning with you to your people. But Naomi replied, Return home, my daughters. Why do you want to go with me? Am I able to have any more sons who could become your husband? Return home, my daughters. Go on. I am too old to have any other husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me to have a husband tonight and to bear sons, would you be willing to wait for them to grow up? Would you restrain yourselves from remarrying? No, my daughters. My life is too bitter for you to share because the Lord's hand has turned against me. Again, they wept loudly in Oprah, kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people. And to her gods. Follow your sister-in-law. But Ruth replied, Do not plead with me to abandon you, or return and not follow you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. And where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. And may the Lord punish me. And do so severely, if anything but death separates me from you. I wanted to talk for a few moments from the subject, Hey Mom, I'm not listening. 
Hey, Mom. I'm mm. not listening. Mm. I'll take double pancakes, whoever's cooking. <laughs> hey, Mom. I'm not listening. Hey, Mom. I'm not listening. Kind Father, we ask you for this opportunity. We thank you first for a moment to sit down and pay attention and study and really see this, your scripture. We ask that these moments be taken as we, your spiritual jury, sit and listen to the case by which you are presenting to us. And we ask that you will presented in a way that we can without shadow of doubt seeing what it is that you will have for us today. And all those in agreement with that prayer responded with a howdy. Amen. 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 I have uh, no secret here. That I've been a little busy. Uh, it's the 18th of the month, which means that in some 19 days I will lose the little bit of anonymity I had left. Meaning there'll always be someone in my face. I don't know what is different from that, except for the holes by which I once could hide in will no longer exist. I have to create new holes to hide. But in this moment of busyness, uh, Booth is so pointly uh, tagged her as first lady would ask me on Saturdays and Tuesday nights uh, when we would sit down at least over the last couple of weeks and discuss business and things. She would say, how are you preparing? How are you working? And I would tell her that I would have a verse in my mind, and then I would stew on it. And most of the times I would work out the ideas in my head. That's why I can't remember much of anything else because I got so many other things that I'm trying to work on in my head. I got to put all the other stuff out, you understand. And so I sat there and I thought about this lady for some time now because as Pastor Booth sat there and plotted in his prayers uh, that, you know, maybe next year there would be a little one. I don't know where he get that from, but, you know, he's been plotting. But then I also know that there's only so many times you can dip in the pool without stirring the water. And if you, you know, you go playing around in the ocean, you might get bit. You understand what that you I mean, okay, y'all sleep. I understand this is church. We can't talk about how those things happen. Y'all had 19 kids. I don't know why you did it before. Why we can't talk about it. That's okay. I'll leave that alone. You forgot. If you're sleeping and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> um <laughs> I've been thinking, mostly because of the situation that is occurring, and you always have to think about these things, the whole picture of relations and what it entails. Uh, 
I've been thinking some time about the concept, the thing that we as humans know as parenting. I've been struggling with it because, as I said, it's only only so many shots you get before you mess around and you have some problems or some, let's just say, 18 or 20 or, in my case, almost 40 years of overpriced bills. I thought all the mama that's still giving their cheering money would appreciate that piece of business, but I guess, again, you know, you gave all the coffee money to the cheering, I understand. I thought about it because I have over some time now been looking at relations. And sadly, because of the projects that I have been doing, we are forced to look at things mostly along party lines. It would, at least in my head, I would prefer that we did not always have to see things in that uh, mindset, but sadly that is the way that many of, uh, at least this our republic is set up, and so uh, we must focus on things based on cultural and racial divide. And I I thought about it because as I read through this text, it conflicted me. I thought about Naomi and the fact that she would have this passion to remove, to distance herself away from these people. And I know that there are various ways that you can look at this text, and I'm sure that there are those who will discuss these things with me. They're wonderful people. You can meet them down at the Baptist church in about an hour. But when I thought about it, and I obviously thought about it some time before, I actually do somewhat vaguely remember having this discussion as marked in my Bible that we have been here before. I really don't like to go back to the same scripture more than once, especially not in the calendar year, but it seems that I've done it. So we've seen it differently, but now I see it a little bit differently from the first time I saw it differently. I see Naomi, a person who, as I said, is trying to distance herself from her past. She's pushing away those people who want to be with her. It's a funny thing because even in my stewing, I saw something, and then as I sat here and reopened it, I saw something else. It said, go back to your people, and most specifically, Go back to your God. And I thought about how many young people have been pushed away from God because of hurt, because of frustration, because of personal issues. How many folks who would have followed to the tips of the earth 
left because they were pushed away. I had a conversation some time ago, and I've I've discussed this, and I'm not going to uh, do that because uh, 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 First Lady can't defend herself. She ain't here to do that this moment. But I've had conversations with her and other young people. Most of it I had her sit down and explain it to me because I'm a church guy. Thirty-some years I've been in this game. And so sometimes my views can be a little bit tainted because I can only see things through the prism of the four walls and the big giant steeple. Sometimes I lose sight of the streets. But when you sit down and you talk, you ask a lot of our young people, and I've said this countless times, about why they refuse to go or participate, or even connect with saints. Most of the time, it goes back to something that happened back yonder. Now, before anybody would sit here and say that I am trying to set up an ingredient to indict people for being bad parents, that's not what I'm focusing on here, because you're not bad parents. Your children didn't die. They're actually pretty healthy. They actually got pretty healthy healthiest. But sometimes, even in my own personal perspective, I realize that my attitudes, I'm talking about me today. That's what I do right here. I like this for my therapy. I like to believe that you come to church to give me the opportunity to share what's going on in my head so I don't look crazy. I have an audience. I can talk. Doesn't look like I'm talking to myself, and nobody calls the folks with the coach to come carry me away. So I talk about myself. I have therapy sessions here, if you don't mind. Y'all just sit and listen. Thank you for your time. I thought about it. Has my frustrations, has my angers pushed people away? Have I held on to my past struggles, which has caused for those who would have had passions to be dissolved, who would have had ideas to be destroyed? As I say, I've been looking at things a lot along party lines, and every now and again I sit down, I haven't done it, Uh, a lot here in the past or the recent past because of the situation that's been going on, COVID and weddings and COVID and weddings and more COVID and more weddings. But I used to sit down with a fellow who uh, is a psychologist. We would lay out certain uh, ideas, if you will. He's of the mixed race, so he's got a little bit of an interpretation of both sides of the coin. He's seen the black and the white. And he would sit down and tell me, he said, brother, you know, it's it's very fascinating. He said, our white kids get away with a lot more than our black kids. I said, hey? He said, yeah. They have more liberties. They have more freedoms. 
when you look around the Internet, at least I have, you'll, you'll see them at 12 and 13 years old jumping out of trees, head first, no protective gear, popping wheelies in the middle of the streets. That's them riding down the streets with the back tire or the front tire in the air. They're just riding down on one wheel. There was a time when you didn't see black kids doing things like that. We were not allowed to participate in such dangerous activities. And to some degree, that was a good thing. We didn't have a lot of brain problems. We didn't have a lot of physical damages. But in other things, it was bad. Because even though we did not participate in those dangerous activities, even though we did not have the liberty and the freedom to move as we chose, even though we were more cautious of who we were and what we did, we was also limited in how we operated and thought. From a white perspective, as my psychologist friend so gladly pointed out to me, which I didn't know, that you can go into a white household and the child can walk in at 13 years old and he can present a proposal to his parents and say that he's going to drop out of school and start a company and he's going to give his parents a 16-point plan to tell him why he can do it. And for the most part, his parents are going to let him do it especially if he has a good plan that he can really point to and tell that this is going to work. And and even if he can tell that it's going to work from this 16-point plan, everybody knows that there are risks involved, that nothing is for certain. But if the child can do it in a certain amount of time, it will happen. There was an article some time ago. It might have been 10 years ago now. I don't remember. Please forgive me where there was a 16-year-old boy who started a company, dropped out of the 10th grade, I believe it was, started a company. He had an idea. He knew that his idea would get him further than what he was learning down at the school. So he did it. His parents gave him about two, two and a half years, three years or something of that nature, And if it didn't work, he had to return to school. They broke up the deal, and he went and tried it. I would like to tell you that he did not make that two-and-a-half-year goal. His parents had to look at things differently because they had made the deal. You don't do it in two-and-a-half years, we have to have a conversation. And his parents had to have a conversation, one that they didn't think they were going to have to have. They had to go back and look at their child and apologize to him because the child did it in 16 months. He built a company that cost more than his daddy's company with 300,000 employees. He had an idea, and he pursued it. The sad reality is that may not happen in our neighborhood. If some child that come to our house asked to go and drop out of school to start a company, they might get looked at a little bit differently. It's not bad parenting. I'm not saying it is. We're just more cautious. We're non-trusting. 
We have little faith or lack thereof than those of our counterparts. And I sat down with that psychologist, as I said, and he would bring me these books. You know I don't read books, but he'd bring them to me. And every now and again, I get anxious and decide that I'm going to open it. And I would read some things. And My psychologist friend is very um, methodical in his acts. He would uh, take the opportunity to go in and highlight a few things that he knows he wants me to catch and then get amazed because he says I – we would joke as I just put this right there. He said, I highlighted some things that I wanted you to catch, and then sometimes you catch the things you want to catch before I catch, or you catch the things I want you to catch, and then we just got so much interesting things to talk about. But I digress, because in his highlighting, I came across some things that, again, intrigued me. There was a, a piece of business in there that, as I said, not only intrigued me, but it employed me, I guess I should say. That's probably the best way to say it. Say, compared to growing up in affluent neighborhoods, growing up in neighborhoods with levels of poverty and unemployment reduces the chances of high school graduation from 96% to 76%. Why is that? As I just mentioned. There's a less risk factor there. There are less chances taken there. The mindset is a whole lot different than it is in any other places. In that piece of business that I read, it, it said that according to many studies that have been taken our white children go to school and they have the focus of how they can take over the world and our young people from poorer communities, not necessarily black. There are some white children who fit in this criteria. I need to make that clear to you. Puerto Ricans and Latinos and Indians and any other race that you can really think of. I must also point out in this a moment, if I can, that this is no longer a race war. This is a class war. If you notice, I said from affluent communities. I didn't say from white neighborhoods or black ones. I said affluent, from the communities of those who have not just physically and mentally or not just financially, but physically and mentally is what I wanted to say. Thank you for the moment of blunder. And those who do not. There's a lot of black folks that's got money. They are rich in dollar bills, but they're broken spirit. And from those two pieces of business, you find that there's a shift in the ideology of how we pursue the future. Black kids just go, or the more less affluent students is a great way to put that, not to pick on anybody. They go in and they just figure out how do I get a job? How do I make sure I get some health insurance? 
And once I get that job in the health insurance, how do I ride it out to about 30 years or so and get a kick in the, in the behind and get my watch and go home and sit by the mailbox? But other ones go in and they say, you know what, I'm going to get this job and this job is going to get me to this job and that job will get me to that job and that job will get me to this job and this job will get me to that job. And the next thing you know, they have a resume that's thicker than a phone book. <coughs> I was fascinated when I realized that people change jobs that much because I was taught that you got a good job and you held it. If you had too many jobs on your resume, folks didn't like that because they said you weren't dependable. They said that you weren't stable. But I didn't realize that stability was no longer a key to success in this culture but performance, what's in your head, what you desire, what you focus on, what you want, what you believe that you was created, that is where the key is. That is where the big bucks are, if you will. And I was also shocked when I realized that it wasn't even about the bucks. There's a lot of folks out here who are not working to get a car, a house, they actually don't want a car in the house. They said that costs too much money. That drains them of their, their bandwidth, if you will. They walk. They ride the little motor scooters. They live in tiny homes or little <coughs> truck campers or Railway cars, they're taking the railway cars, the old rails, you know those cars that used to go around, and they still do go down the tracks. They're taking those cars, compartment containers they're called, and they're converting them into homes. I've watched on the TikTok as young people are going down and buying Ford F-350s, they are vans, and they're converting those into homes, and they're traveling around the country, living in parks. They get a job in a certain country or a certain part of the, the nation, if you will, and they'll stay there six to eight months, and they'll build them some capital. And then they'll go and buy another van because nine times out of ten, the one that they had before is no longer good for service. And then they move on. We're in the, the land of not building three hundred and four hundred thousand dollar homes, but RVs. Camping in the woods. The mindset is a lot differently. As long as I have an iPhone and an iPad, I have a job. I don't need to go sit in some building with some suits and ties on and wrap myself around the idea that somehow I have to get to the 14th floor. The 14th floor is in my bedroom, and this is before the pandemic. The mind said is different. But for some reason that struggles to get to our community. Because, as I said, it might get met with rejection. 
it might get met with that being stupid. It might get met with there's no future, there's no hope. And then, according to my psychologist friend and, and all these wonderful pieces of literature that he relayed to me some time ago, you have a child who has this vision, who has this purpose. Before I was formed in my mother's womb, I gave you a mission statement. I gave you a purpose. But if I am told that purpose is no good, then what do I have left? So I stew down at the Walmart, the Target, the Taco Bell, or the KFC. I've met some of those fine folks who work down at those establishments. They're not bad people. Some of them are smarter than whip. They can tell you about policy ten times over, make your head spin. And you ask, how can you be so smart and yet limit yourself to these opportunities? Most of them will look at me. They're not here, as I said, because they're stupid. They're not here because they don't have other ideas. They're not here because they don't see other ways of success. They're here because they don't believe they can do it. They don't believe that a life outside of this is for them. I made the conversation clear when I started a couple of years ago on this journey. I said that we have to make sure that we're providing access to things for people who either don't know they exist or don't know that they exist for them. That number is drastically real. And it's substantially growing. They don't realize. Most of us don't realize it. I thought about it as I began to look at some things and study some stuff. And when I was in school, um, there was a little program called FBLA. That's Future Business Leaders of America. And on the other side of that coin was another program called Technology Student Association. Now, I excelled. FBLA. I excelled in Technology Student Association. I got an A in keyboarding class. Wasn't because I liked to type. There's a red bone that sat next to me. And I just had to keep up with the red bone. We motivated each other. We focused. We went to the future business. I ain't know nothing about business, but she did. And I wanted to trail with her to that whatever. But I was stripped because I was told there is no future in computers. And this was in 98. You ain't going to make no money in technology. You have to be a doctor. You have to be a lawyer. That's what we were still telling black children in 98. 
and in that same class, that technology student association class, with Mark Zuckerberg, you heard of him, worth $17.9 billion right now liquid. I'm not talking about investment. I'm talking liquid. $17.9 billion that the boy can get his hands on. He was in that 1998 class. Mark Zuckerberg had a $200,000 paid check from his parents to attend Harvard. Three years in, he ripped up and sent them back in shreds. Can you imagine what would happen if your child had ripped up a $200,000 check and sent it back to you in shreds? You'd have killed him. A $200,000 college degree, you get three years in and throw it down the drain, you'd have shot him. But he did it because he knew he had a mission statement. He had a dream. He had a vision. He was bold enough to pursue it. He had parents. I'm not going to say that they were all joyed about it. I don't know who would be joyed about losing $200,000. I have not done much research on his parents. I don't know if they were wealthy people or not. They had $200,000 somewhere, so they had to have something. But it's still 200 k gone. But he had a dream. And not only that, Bill Gates is in that category. Everybody go turn on your, your computer. Somebody's parents' money went down the drain to give you that computer. Steve Jobs, pick up that phone you got. His parents' money went down the drain to give you that phone. Then there's a guy by the name of Larry Page. You don't know who that is. But every time you say Google, he knows who you are. 200000 plus down the drain to make a company that the world cannot live without. It all started from telling their parents, I'm not listening. I'm not here to try to push a message of anti parenting or spit in your parents' face. I'm not trying to do that. I have been one who has fought against that. There's been many conversations on the other side of town when they say that black kids need to be a little bit more rebellious. I thought that was a bad idea. That's one of the only things we have going for us on this side of town is we don't cuss out our parents. But at the same time, I think in my own world, I prepare for a future. If there is to be a little EBB coming along in another year or two, whatever that would be, he will be 20 in the year 2040. There will be no plants for him to get a watch. The system that we know it is unimaginable at that moment in time. May I not be the one that holds his dream down. 
May I not be the one that pushes him away from his destiny. I didn't have anybody to push me away from my destiny, but I definitely had people who didn't understand it. It's no fun when you're in a hole by yourself and people looking at you funny. And some of them who want to help you, but they just can't because they don't understand. See, young people and everybody looks now at the guy who goes to City Hall and talks to the council and the mayors and all them fine people. Yeah, that stuff happens now. But back yonder, when you sat here, at least for me, in this office chair, well, everybody around had their ideas. You had to somewhat tell your own parents no. I've been there. It's not easy job. I told myself one day, I said, I'm going to keep my car packed just in case it got tired. I was ready to go. You had to do what you had to do to get where you wanted to get. And some of my children are in the situation they're in because they can't take that risk. They're too scared. They're too held down to believe that if I just try, I always knew. I sat down here in this office. I knew if I got one win, it'll turn. I just need one. I know it's a lot of things. I know it doesn't make sense. I know it's crazy, but all I need is one. And it started with Elizabeth River Trail. That was one. Then it went downtown. That was two. And all the winds started piling up, and next thing you know, the tide had changed. But I had to search for that one. I don't have to tell you the story of Ruth. You know if you read it. If not, then please take time when you get to the house. I'm going to finish this up. Please give me a few more minutes of your time, if you don't mind, just to close this out. Sister Ruth, because she told her mother she wasn't listening, she ended up marrying Boaz. She produced children for him. Out of that line came David, and out of that line came Jesus. What would have happened if Ruth had to listen to her parents? I'm not saying be disrespectful, but sometimes you have to take the risk of just not listening. Sometimes you have to take my uncle, and, I, and I'm close with this. I really am. But I got to get this in because it's pointing to my story. My uncle would bring these tapes in. I never knew what he was doing. I never understood it, but I, I kind of started to see it now. He would only bring things here like the Jeffersons and Fred Sanford. I love me some Fred Sanford. Fred Sanford healed me. Fred Sanford had a line that became my calling card. Fred Sanford say, if I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. And from there, I realized 
that nobody can have an opinion for you but you. Nobody knows who you are. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I did it, God. I, not, no, not some lady on the corner that's looking funny with a rocking chair. I did it. Not some person down the street smoking their pipe. I did it. I did it. Finally, as Grandma comes to pray, when me and Sister First Lady started saying there was a sweet little lady down in near Suffolk who called me and said, I heard you got a little girlfriend. I didn't know that the old lady had got on Facebook, but, Lord, she found a way how to do it. She called me and she talked to me one day for three hours about what I should and shouldn't do and how it's bad and how this is bad and all this other stuff. And then, long story short, she called me back maybe a week or two ago and said, come down to the house. I'm going to make you some lunch. And I went down there sat on the porch and we had chicken sandwiches. Everywhere I go, people think chicken should be on the menu. I guess it should be, but you know. She sat there on her back porch, and she sat in her rocker. She looked at me, and she said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because I've never seen what you have. I've never experienced what you're experiencing. I've never done what you're doing. And she said, baby, don't listen to me because you'll lose everything you got. And so this morning, as I, that's when that started stewing and with Grandma come to pray, I asked myself, again, this is therapy. I sit here and I talk to you so I don't look stupid. I thank you for allowing me my therapy session. Grandmother comes to pray, I ask myself, please, dear Father, do not let my struggles and my hurts and my frustrations cause me to cripple another generation. May I not burden him with my problems or her with my struggles. They don't need to know my pain. They got pain of their own. When I came along, you don't have to do it to two genders, male and female. Now you got 109 of them to deal with. They got their own problems. They don't need mine. But may I encourage their ideas. May I strengthen their dreams, and may I water their purpose. That is my prayer for me. And I ask that you join with Grandmama. And praying that for me. Would you do that for me? I'm not asking you to do that for you. I'm asking you, would you do that for me? Mama, grandma. Are passing through this world of sin and others your life shall view. Be clean and pure without within. Let others see Jesus in you. Your life a book before their eyes. 
they are reading it through and through. Saved does it point them to the skies. Do others see Jesus in you? Let others see Jesus in you. Let others see Jesus in you. Keep telling the story. Be faithful and true. Let others see Jesus in you. Let others see Jesus in you. Let others see Jesus in you. Keep telling the story. Be faithful and true. Let others see Jesus in you. Gracious Fathers, we come this morning. Help us to keep our eyes focused on you. Help us to put our trust in you. Help us, O God, to hear from you, that we may walk in the light of your word, that we may walk the way you want us to walk, that we may trust you, Lord Jesus. As we read your word, God, let us realize your word is you, and that, God, in you all things is possible. Nothing is impossible with you. Help us to put our trust in you. Gracious Father, we need your view this morning. We need you to lead us and to guide us in the way you want us to go. Not in the way somebody else say, not in the way sometimes we see, but help us to see your way, dear God. We pray this morning for one another. As we travel along this way, that we will be encouragers one to another. We may not understand what they see, but help us to realize that they got to walk this walk for themselves. Oh, merciful Father, we put our trust in you this morning. Help us, oh God, to put you first in our lives, that we know, God, whatever you got for us to do, that you will work it out for us. Help us to be steadfast unremover, trusting and obeying your word. Because, God, you put all of us here, but you put it one for one thing and somebody else for somebody for something else. And help us, O oh God, to be encouraged, to encourage them, O oh God, to know that they put their trust in you. You will work every situation out. We just thank you this morning, God. We praise you and we magnify your name because, God, we know in you, all things is possible. We know, God, in you, you will work out every situation. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to move every stumbling block out of our way. Help us, oh, God, not to doubt you, but to trust you. Help us to realize, God, that we can make it with you. Oh, merciful Father, we love you this morning, and we say thank you this morning. We thank you, oh God, in spite of all our shortcomings, in spite of all our downfalls, in spite of all our fears, God, you have been there with us. You never left us, nor have you forsaken us. And God, we know we put our hands in your hands, God. We're in good hands with you, God, and that you're going to lead us on. And we just thank you this morning. We praise you this morning, God. We magnify you this morning, God. Man may not see, man may not understand, but God, we know you understand every situation. We know that you knows what's best for us, God, and we just want to say thank you. Bless every listening ear this morning. Everywhere this word might go, God, let it be encouraging to some soul this morning. Let them be encouraging that they know that they can be what you want them to be, not what somebody else say, God, and we just thank you this morning. We thank you we thank you, God, and we magnify your holy and righteous name because, God, we know all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. And we love you, Lord. We trust in you. 
and we saying thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Have a great day. Remember, God with you until we meet again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.